We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, August twelfth, so you know what we do on Fridays. It's Fighting Friday. It's Fighting Friday. Maybe we fight with each other in the chat. Maybe we don't. Hello, chat people. Wataz, Doug Montgomery. Matt Mears, Mr. Richard, Suki Singh, Colton Fisher. Suki, you're way, you're, Suki went from being like the earliest person, earliest bird catches the worm, to uh, tons of people have been out. Like what does has been for the past couple of weeks anyway? But uh, other people, you're not getting here early enough. But uh, give me those thummy thumbs, you know how it helps us out here on the channel. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Remember, there's a big MLB slate tonight. So uh, you can tune into Grinders Live, 5 o'clock Eastern. And Crunch Time uh, precedes that for free. Typically, it's a premium show. But all season, it's brought to you by FanDuel. We'll have Roth discussing uh, any any weather updates. They'll go around the horn, give their, give their strategy thoughts about the DFS slate tonight. DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever you want. Uh, for MLB, it's 14 games, I believe. Yes, so uh, so go there for that. But we're covering MMA. It's MMA Fridays, Fighting Fridays, and uh, this slate is—it's a wacky slate. Okay, I said I said I talked about this wacky slate on the Ground and Pound podcast. We have premium MMA content here at Roto Grinders. You could sign up, use the link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. Uh, me and Liam, uh, Mike, Mike was busy, so it was just me and Liam. 
Uh, we spent about an hour and 20, hour 30 minutes breaking down every single fight. Now, three of the fights on the slate were actually on a previous card. There's like three rescheduled fights that we talked about previously. So that's why it was a, a little bit quicker than normal. Uh, but you could go there and get all the fight breakdowns from Liam. I talk about some strategies, lineup construction. Uh, obviously, for large field GPPs, we're looking for, you know, ceiling scores. So uh, so check that out. The expert survey should be uh, out today as well. And I'm part of that. So feel free to get the premium MMA content, which includes lineup HQ access, the best tool in the business for building your lineups uh, with the projections, the ownership, everything that you'd want here. And then we got people in the chat also with the MLB prize picks, right? Uh, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of some prize picks. I just got on underdog. I had a problem getting on underdog. Uh, it, some screw up with the location services. It's like, why is it not letting me play pick them? I'm in Kentucky. It's perfectly fine. And then they helped me fix it. So uh, so now I'm, I'm doing that and uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well over there. There's some there's some MMA stuff over there as well. Uh, maybe if, if, you, if you're nice, if I get enough thummy thumbs, maybe I'll tell you some of the some of the 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 prize picks that uh that I that are currently available two aren't anymore they 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 moved them so I got I got in good before they moved but uh but you let me know you let me know with the thummy thumbs and uh and I'll 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 tell you the prize picks that I had that I have that cuz that's what I'll, I will always do because there's no point in me telling you if there's value on a line that means I got it right and if it moves too bad you're not you're not fast enough okay so I'm never gonna never gonna say anything that I don't have. Okay, so uh, we'll get to that a little bit later with enough thummy thumbs. Yes, Cold Fisher has. Yes, I got. I got just to just to be clear. I got Benitez at seven and a half minutes. I also got Boudet at over seven and a half minutes. It's now up to ten. So I got both of those. Those are the, I got other ones, but then none of the other ones moved. So, but yes, I I got in before that. That they came out on Tuesday and they got they got moved the next day. Okie doke. So why is this slate wacky? Why is it wacky? It's because uh, the the way that the prices came out, the way that uh, DraftKings works is is the pricing is all based on the money line. So the the, the bigger the money line favorite is, the the more expensive they are. So it has nothing to do with fight styles or or any type of uh, you know fight data points. It's just basically how likely is the person to win based on the current betting line as of when the salaries come out. Typically the salaries come out Sunday night, Monday, Monday-ish. And there could be a lot of early movement. Now throughout the course of the week, there could be movement. We've seen plenty of times where, especially in those mid-range fights, like the 8,200, 8,000, where it opens like minus 120 plus 100 and then kind of flips. And the $8,000 fighter is now minus 130 favorite, right? So over the course of the week, it slowly moves. But there's, Typically, a lot of movement if a line is uh, significantly off early in the week. The opening comes out, and within 24 hours, it could get bumped really, really quickly. And that's what happened with uh, David Onama and Marlon Vera. So when Onama opened, Onama opened at like minus one. Onama and Vera both opened at like minus 190, minus 180. In In the scheme of this entire slate, I mean, we have Benitez at, I mean, we can take a look at the odds right here on my on my sheet which is not completely filled out. Uh, so we see here Benitez minus 350, Godinez minus 335, Quinlan minus 275, Bruna Silva minus 300, Day minus 300, Ode Osborne minus 275. So like Onama and Vera, if they were like at minus 180, 
Like they fit in in that $8,600, $8,500 range. The problem is, not for us, but I mean, the problem in general for uh, DraftKings is that uh, Onama's line moved uh, immensely and Vera's line moved significantly also. So Vera went from like minus 170 to minus 245 and Onama went from like minus 180 to minus 330. So like Onama is one of the biggest favorites on the slate and has the second best inside the distance line at minus 135. But he's only 8,600. If we reprice this right now, if DraftKings said, okay, now we're coming out with the salaries, Onama would be the $9,200 fighter. Vera would be the $8,700 fighter or $8,800 fighter. So in technicality, based on, you know, inefficiency of pricing, Onama is 600 too cheap and Vera is two or 300 too cheap. And on the reverse, Dominic Cruz is two or 300 too expensive. And uh, Landwehr at 7,600 should be the $7,000 fighter if, if the pricing came out today. So that's what makes it a kind of a wacky slate because these are two like obvious mispricings. Uh, in MMA, remember, we're not going by median outcomes. So like, oh, well, I'm going to take the value. Well, I mean, you still need the top six fighters and make the optimal lineup, large field GPP. So just because they're, it's not like basketball where like, yeah, yeah, sure. You're jamming the 4K point guard when he should be 8K, right? Because the variance is very low or, or lower. It's not very low, but it's lower compared to other sports. Uh, the NBA is. Uh, MMA is very high variance. So it doesn't mean like, okay, just jam these two guys into all your lineups. It's, it doesn't work that way. They're going to be the highest on guys, okay? I mean, that's also the problem when it comes to large field GPPs. Onama and, and Vera are going to be around 50% owned, okay? And imagine playing them both together. A lot of these mid-range fighters are going to be owned. We see a lot of slates where, where people want to go up and down. They go, oh, I want to jam in two 9K guys. And then kind of these mid-range, like, eh, whatever. And then they go down and they find a dog or two. This is the slate where essentially Onama, and Onama should be a 9K fighter. And people are gonna just going to jam in the mid-range going, well, what's the big difference between Gabriel Benitez and Bruno Silva? What's the difference between Quinlan and Benitez? What's the difference? Ode Osborne is plus 115 inside the distance. Budai is plus 110 inside the distance. We have a lot of good inside the distance slide. Look, Mirzakhanov is plus 115 inside the distance at 8,400. So a lot of people are going to be making these types of builds. I'll show you. I mean, like, it'll be a build similar like Bruno Silva, Onama, Vera, right? You have average remaining player salary, 79.67. They may not go anywhere underneath uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, right? They may click on Cachoeira, right? You have 8,200 already. So maybe they play... Uh, a Devin Clark for some wrestling upside. And then they have 8,600. And then it's like, okay, then you could play, you know, Merzikano. Well, you can't play Merzikano from this lineup. They do something like this. Some type of lineup that looks like this. Maybe instead of playing Cachoeira, they go down, they take uh, Tyson Nam or Gerald Mearshard or Jason Witt. They take one guy down here or they go up from Bruno Silva and they go, okay, well, why don't I just play uh, Benitez over here? I got 8,300 in this lineup. And then I go take uh, take uh, Yusuf Zalal or something, something like that. Like this type of lineup. This will be the predominant construction. So one 9K guy, Onama Vera, and then like kind of mid-range it. Like nothing, 7, under 7,500, not so much. 
Either that or they could build without a 9K fighter and do something like this. Like, don't play Bruno Silva even. Play Budai. Or you play Budai there, 8,000. You could still play like Cachoeira and Devin Clark. You have 8,700. And then you play Lipsky or something. I don't know. if Can you get up to Osborne? Let's see. Let's see. We go down from Cachoeira to Lucinda. Right? And then you could get like Ode Osborne. No, they're the same price. Let's see. Yeah, there's a, there's a way. If you take like Mearshart or Wid or something, okay. They take a shot on one of them. But I mean, but they, these are, these are going to be the most common constructions. And you have to be aware of the combos that you're using in the large field GPPs. So I would think, based on our ownership, like Bruno Silva, like something like Silva, Quinn, Quinlan, Benitez. Now, you can't fit all these guys in a lineup, obviously. Right, you know, you uh, fifty five hundred. You can't, but I think something like this, like no more than two. Type of rule for this. Like I'm not sure up here. Like you can, I think Sil- Bruno Silva is going to be popular. Greenland and Benitez may not be as popular as Silva, but I think they'll be still on. I think you're still going to see thirty percent ownership on Benitez, thirty percent ownership on Quinlan. Bruno Silva, but Bruno Silva would be like forty. So, like, if you limit this to, like, max two, I think you're going to avoid more more of the dupes. Now, if you do this max one, now, now you're golden. I think if you wanted to, if you want, there are Onama Vera lineups that aren't going to be duped. That, that, I mean, obviously, you have to take some shots on some low-owned stuff. So, I wouldn't specifically, like, I am not specifically grouping out Onama and Vera max one, even though they're going to be the two highest-owned fighters. Because you could still make lineups. Like, let, let's, uh, ball, let's ballpark a lineup. Let's say you play Lupi Godinez, right, at, like, probably 10% ownership up here, right? You do something like this. Godinez, you have 7,900. Play Godinez. You play, maybe you play Quinlan. I don't know how you get there. Okay, let's see. Let's go mid-range. You go something like Lipsky. You play, you're going to play women in your lineup, pretty much. So you got 7,500 for two fighters. Then you play like Tyson Nam and Gerald Mearshart for leverage. Like something like that. You leave 400 on the table. You're playing a lineup like this. I think this could still be fine. Even though it has Onama and Vera in it. You just have to be careful who's in the rest of your lineup. But I think once you go Onama, Vera, and then Benitez or Silva and maybe Quinlan, I think that now you're kind of running out of combinations. Now you got to leave money on the table in those types of constructions. So what I will most likely do, I will most likely set a max two because I don't mind if you play zero of Onama and Vera, you, you have the most likelihood of not running into dupes, right? If you play a lineup, let's say even with these two, let's say you go completely up and down. You do the barbell build. You go like Benitez, Silva, which are still two popular fighters. And you go down and you go like, Benita Silva, and then you play like Lipsky and uh and then and, and Blackshear. Got 7,500. You play Dominic Cruz instead as a main event fighter, and then he has 7,300 and you play Breski or something, something like this. Like you can make a lot, like this is a 50k lineup. This may this may be dupe, this may be under five. This maybe. Now maybe not. Okay, looking at you got still 40 still. I, I didn't update the, the the numbers on my uh, combo calculator, 
But this is more likely not to be as dupe because you don't have Onama or Vera. And in fact, you have Dominic Cruz in your lineup. So you have uh, leverage on the Vera lineups, just like if you played Landweir. Just to me, it's very hard to play Landweir when he's technically 600 overpriced, right? Dominic Cruz is only like 200 overpriced. And in a five-round fight that is expected to go to decision. On a, on a slate where there, there aren't many good dogs, there's a lot of heavy favorites. And, you know, this could be a slate that's 13 fights and only one or two dogs win. And if even if two dogs win, like if it's one of the dogs is like Nina Nunes or or Devin Clark, and they don't put up enough score uh, points, like it may not even matter. Like a a a a, a seventy six point win by Priscilla Cachoeira may still not be good, right? Like you need one of the like the lower lower ones to win, but it's possible that that, that I mean there's, some of these are volatile fights, but it's a weird slate where based on the odds of the fighters, it's more likely that, that the optimal spends most of the salary, which leads to obviously duplication problems. But because of Onama and Vera, a lot of the constructions are going to be mid range because these fighters should be more expensive. Like if Onama was 9,200, I think he'd still be 30 plus percent on. So imagine at 8,600, how many lineups, how many, how many times can you fit in your lineup? Imagine building a lineup and you have, uh, you know, $8,700 left. And you go, okay, I could play uh, uh, Yasmin Jeregui, Ariana Lipsky, or David Onama. It's like you're clicking on Onama. Like that's, that's end of story. It's, it's easy at that point. The problem is that your lineup may be too old. But it's wacky. That's why, like, on the expert survey, I said that uh, Onama is... I'm going to have under the, I'm afraid of being under the field on Onama, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be playing a very little of him. A lot of times, you know, if I see a fight fighter is over-owned, I may be significantly under on them, right? If David Onama was 9,200 and he was going to be 40% owned, maybe I'd only have 10% of him. Maybe. But at this price, it's just, it's so, it's, it's so much easier for him to be optimal that at 45% ownership, maybe I have 35 Right? And it may turn out that Onama destroys Landweir, and it's like, well, I should have had, I should have had seventy. I should have taken the taken the value savings and found a way to get different elsewhere. It could end up being that way, but I'm more likely to be under, like under. I'll be under on both Onama and Vera, but I will not. I will still have plenty of them. So if they're both going to be forty five, maybe I have thirty, thirty five of each. Like it's still these mid range five. I mean, it's it just. Like, who are you going to play otherwise? Neither of them make the optimal lot, or they both lose. Uh, two two un- lower-priced underdogs, slam, you know, smash. Jason Witt gets eight takedowns against Quinlan before, you know, without getting knocked out. I don't know how Angela Hill gets there, but you never know. Charlie Antaveras. I mean, Benitez isn't, isn't like a spring chicken. Like, Benitez should destroy Antaveras, but Antaveras is a big guy. He's kind of reckless. So who knows? Maybe Charlie Antaveras knocks him, knocks Benitez out in the first round. He ends up with 100 points at 6,900, and then you're going to need to have him. Kind of weird. A lot of times I'm not I'm not interested in the 69, the, the biggest underdog. This late, I kind of am. Because some of these other guys, I mean, yes, Mearshart and Witt have, a, have paths to 100. Mearshart, you know, it could take you back at any time. The problem is Bruno Silva probably 
probably dents his face uh, several times before that happens. And it's whether or not Mearshart could survive enough to to get the get the sub attempt. Jason Witt, great wrestler, but I mean Quinlan, Quinlan, and a slouch on on the mat either uh, in defense. But uh, Quinlan is uh, immensely better on the feet, and Witt has almost no chin. He's like no chin; it's falling off. No chin. So those are. I mean, I'm I'm using like fight breakdowns based on it, but I mean, you just want to see a path to victory. The, the, the under-owned fighters on the slate, as usual, are the, the women's fighters. We, we got, what, four? We got four women's fights on the slate. And uh, they're they're under-owned, as usual. Especially Godinez, who's going to be 9,200. She is plus 415 inside the distance. She is the second worst ITD line for favorites. Next to Zalal, who has a save. And she's 9,200. So it's like, well, who the hell is going to play her? Well, I mean, look, Angela Hill, has, if you can take Angela Hill to the ground, like, you, you, you win. Like, Angela Hill is essentially a range range striker. And Lupi Godinez goes for takedowns. Who says, especially as a minus 335 favorite, that Angela Hill doesn't get taken down eight times. Eight times, tons of ground strikes, you know. Doesn't even have to be a finish. Maybe Godinez puts up 120 points. Her style of fight. I, I've compared to some of these other guys up here. Like we take a look at, at Quinlan and Osborne, especially. This is first round or bust, guys. Right? These did I I guess Ode could wrestle a little. He could. But I'm not not volume, not volume grappling. Maybe he gets one takedown and finishes the fight that way. I guess that could happen. Same for Budai. Budai could get a takedown, but I don't know. I think I think the the, the heavyweight fight is going to be pretty pretty slow and sloppy, like clinching and garbage like that. And then Benitez, if he was smart, probably just takes. You know, he's not he's not he's not a takedown type of person, but he could. He's a well rounded fighter. He just take Ontiveros down because Ontiveros pretty much knows nothing about. Uh, one, he's lost he's lost so many fights and had so many control time uh, on the ground. That that's the best best path to victory. Ontiveros' only shot is essentially on the feet. So Gabriel Benitez maybe could put up a ton of points, but like guys like Bruno Silva ain't doing take day. Bruno Silva is just a power puncher. Quinlan's pretty much a power puncher also. I mean he has he has some uh, some jujitsu, but he I mean he uses it more defensively than offensively. So like looking up here, it's like who's going to get the most takedown? Like it's quite possible that Godinez lands the most takedowns of any fighter on the entire slate. And we know on DraftKings scoring, you know, takedowns, ground control, ground strikes score much better than than standing and trading. Unless there's a knockout, right? You need a knockout in those scenarios for a hundred plus points. So that's why I, I will be I will be over on, on Lupi Godinez. I'll be over on the women in general. Jaregui is probably the worst out of the bunch. I'd say Jaregui and Nunez are the worst out of the bunch. Jeregui is more of a boxer against Lucindo. It's more likely, if, even if she does win inside the distance, most likely to come on the feet at 8,700 compared to Lipsky, who is more likely to at least attempt takedowns. So I much prefer the I much prefer the the the, the fighter that's more likely to get to the ground than the one that isn't. Uh, and then Nunes at 7,900 is just like 
plus 625 inside the distance. Like her ceiling is limited. Like she's 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 basically a boxer. So like she's not gonna she's not gonna she's not gonna go to the ground. In fact, Calvillo's is a is a is a grappler. I'd much rather play Calvillo than Nunez because Calvillo is gonna try to take down Nunez. Nunez, if she stays on the feet, probably wins. But a striking based decision at seventy nine hundred is what? Let's say she scores eighty points. I don't think that's good enough for seventy nine hundred. If she was if it was Charlie Abdeveros, that's a different story. It was one of these really low price fighters. 80 points, maybe, maybe, maybe you got a shot. But at 7,900, I don't know. I, I, you need a freak finish in that fight. Maybe it happens. You never know. Take a shot. You never know. You never know. But at 7,900, I'm just not interested. If you got any questions, uh, feel free to type them in the YouTube chat. MMA questions, strategy questions, anything about this slate, anything about uh, price. information to win at the and pretty much any dfs sport especially the like the stuff like nfl showdown like stuff where you like you're trying to get unique you're trying to there's a limited amount of options for you to choose colton fisher asks is your itd odds number the same as dk sportsbook money line finish odds only no it's called inside fight does not go the distance fight inside the distance i don't know i don't know what it's called on dk sportsbook I don't know. It sh- it should be called inside the disc. It should it's 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 very it's, it's very well known in 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 amongst you know betters as an ITD inside the disc fight or it says does not go the distance. But it's it's fighter will win inside the distance. There's also a, a betting line called fight does not go the distance, which means you bet on that and it doesn't matter who wins. So let's say in the in the in the in the Onama Landwehr fight, like. Onama is minus 135 inside the distance. Landwehr is plus 550 inside the distance. Like if you bet on Landwehr inside the distance, you'll get paid, you know, 5.5 to one, right? Right? If Onama wins, you'll get, you know, you'll get under. You'll you'll get, uh, you know, 100 for 135 bucks, right? But if you, there's, there's going to be a line that's probably, probably around like plus 110 or something that's like fight ends inside the distance, which means as long as one of them Get a finish, you win that bet, right? So there's, there's a difference. There's a lot of there's a lot of props in MMA. You could you could bet you know fight you know fighter wins in this round, fighter wins by submission, fighter wins by TKO or KO. You know we could have fight does not start round two, fight starts round two, fight doesn't start round three, fight starts round three. Like there's a lot of those types of props depending on the book that you're using. Uh, but on uh, but on prize picks, based on the odds, I'm going to go to the MMA section. Okay, so based on the odds, so basically, it's stuff like significant strikes and takedowns and and stuff like this. Uh, fantasy score they have a different type of scoring than than DraftKings. I have no way of pricing. So like if you're modeling strikes or whatever, feel free to do that. But there's no betting line. I can't compare Ode Osborne's 60 and a half significant strikes to any existing betting line. So like if I go to fightodds.io, okay, shows a whole ton of ton of like betting odds across all, all these books. FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever. Right? I could go and I could take a look. It's like a Vera Cruz, which is the main event. So it has all these types of props. 
right? So like a very pop popular ones are like over one and a half rounds, under one and a half, over two and a half, under two and a half. So like one and a half rounds is seven and a half minutes. Over two and a half rounds is 12 and a half minutes, right? Fight does not start round three, which means the fight ends within 10 minutes, right? So you have odds, you have markets available to you to compare this to. So with this, you could go into the fight time here and they even have like Bellator and PFL. So like I went, for instance, like before on Tuesday, Benitez, like I'll bring back fight, fightodds.io. You can just go to any any sports book, but you need to find the specific prop uh, for you to compare it to that that is equal. So Benitez, so if I went go to Benitez, and originally this was seven and a half. So Benitez was seven and a half. That's one and a half rounds. So I just go to the over one and a half rounds and I look across uh, the board, the, the one and a half. The one and a half right now is minus 210, minus 225. Okay. Even if it was minus 200, minus, two, minus 200 is 66% chance. Okay. Now on prize picks, as long as you're picking a, a prop that has more than a 58% chance of winning, when you parlay multiple together, you're profitable. So basically on prize picks, you're looking for like minus, minus 138 actual, actual implied probability, you know, no VIG, you know, nothing in there to be profitable. So if you find anything that's 30, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, minus 138 or over, no VIG minus 138 over or 38, you know, 58% likelihood. So Gabriel Benitez based on all these markets is like 66%. Under one and a half, under seven and a half minutes. So I slammed him, of course. And then they move it. And obviously the line is off because they're trying to get, they're trying to get underneath that 58% range of price picks. That's what they're trying. They're, they're going to move the lines. They get away action and see that. So obviously they bumped it down to five. So what would five be? Five would be fight does not start round two. So fight does not start round two is actually like minus 150 on two books. So that under five may even be good. Like this may even be profitable. Now I already got it at seven and a half. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend any more money to, to, to get it. I, to get it at under five. And also there's, there's a maximum amount that you could spend. They could wager on one, on one per one player. On prize picks, so I'm not gonna be able to. I'm not able to, able to get it anyway. But that's how you that that's how you'd price out these. Like Boudet, for instance, I got at twelve and a half. Okay, so because I uh, I know I got at over seven and a half. Okay, so I went to Boudet, like right here. I go to where's Martin Boudet, right? So seven and a half is one and a half rounds. The over on the one and a half rounds is around 180, 185, minus 180, 185. That's over 58%. So slam it. Now it's at 10. So we see here it's at 10. The day at 10. So that's fight does not start round three. So fight does not start round three, minus 120, minus 117. Not profitable. It moved. You have to get it before it moved. Okay. So let's take let's take a look. What else? What else is available? Let's take a look at David Onama, 10 minutes. I'm going to go to over here. Let's see. David Onam. Okay. So what's 10 minutes? Fight does not start round three. 
Fight does not start round three. Minus 130, minus 140. There's some minus 140s, which is above 58%. It's barely above 58%. Maybe this line actually moves in my favor and it goes to minus 150 or something. So right now on prize picks, David Onama over uh, under 10 minutes is a marginal value. If you if you just base it on just the, the, the betting market. Marginal value. It may move. May move, it may move against me, but it's close. Well, that's why he hasn't moved on prize picks yet. But David Anama, under 10 minutes. Then we also look at, I also have, and this is purely based on, 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 on handicapping. This is not a betting line type of thing. Uh, the most likely path to victory for Lucindo in that Jeregui fight is through the on the ground. Uh, Jeregui is more likely to stay on the feet. So based on pure, on just handicapping, handicapping matchups, this is not a betting line type of thing. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm playing. So I'm telling you the reason I'm telling you what I go, but think like this. So I have the Jeregui under one and a half takedowns. I also think that there may be some value on Godinez over three. Godinez is over three takedowns on prize picks. She's three and a half on underdog. So if you like the under on Godinez, you played on underdog. But Godinez over three, play in a pick four type of card, at least on a push, you're not losing equity, right? Because three, if you hit three, you just push in your card and it reverts to the, you know, whatever, whatever else is in your card. But on a two pick, you only get paid three to two. So I try, I try to avoid, if possible, unless I have really good value, the even numbers on two-pick cards and rather play on four picks. Prize picks, you're more likely to play, you should more be more likely to play two-pick cards or four-pick cards. And on underdog, you should be more likely to play three-pick cards. Because three-pick pays 6x on underdog, it only pays 5x on prize picks. So you need to make up that, you need to make up that EV and just the line being even more off. The four pick pays 10x and that's fine. The two pick is not is it four pick is better than two pick, but you just have to find four four good picks. And I like to find a whole bunch of them and round robin them. And to round robin four picks is a pain in the ass. I tried it. It's it's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, five, one, two, three, six, one, two, three, seven. And it's like one, three. Four, five, like you have to all the combinations in order to round robin. If the site would would give give me the option of doing that, that would be so much easier. I could just like plug in a whole bunch and say I want five. I want uh pick fours, right? Four powers of you know these twelve for five dollars each, and it'll tell me it's like okay, that'll be four hundred eighty dollars or something. Okay, do do it. Put it all in. Put it all in. Put all in at once. That would be so much easier. But I I, I they don't really want to. They don't want you to do. It. <laughs> The types of people that would do that are typically probably sharper players anyway, but it, it would it would help me out a lot. It would definitely help me out a lot. Uh, Beatboss asks, Blender, are you playing EPL this weekend? Yes, of course. I play I play almost every almost every EPL slate. I I that I'm home. If I'm on vacation, if I'm out somewhere, probably not. Probably like uh, you know. The end of the month, I'll be going up to Chicago. I may not be playing that weekend, but for the most part, or some of the two game 
Sunday morning slates or whatever. But if there's if there's a decent slate for EPL, I'm playing. Jesus Pimentel says, I won last week the 40K Haymaker. I split it with six other people. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that's kind of weird. That The way that, that uh, it's probably Jesus, right? But I, I wanted to say thank you, Jesus. Well, congratulations, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Or, hey, whatever. We could probably look at that lineup, but whatever. Congratulations. Give it, give, give me those tummy thumbs for, for Jesus, right? So I showed you, I showed you, you know, some combinations to avoid in the MMA DFS. I showed you, I showed you how to, how to compare markets and price picks. You could do that. What I just showed you for these, for these fight odds on MMA, you could do in all of these sports. Ah, so you don't even have, have to handicap anything. Just go, well, let's, let me find it on prize picks or underdog. Right. Use the use the promo code grinders if you're not there. Right. Sign up for prize picks, sign up for underdog, use the promo code grinders. It'll give you a hundred dollar deposit match. Yeah, there. I gotta gotta promote that over there. Uh Grant Brown says, What are the some of the better contests for EPL? I looked at it last week, couldn't find a contest with a payout curve I like. No, and you're not gonna find you're not gonna find one uh tomorrow either. The liquidity in soccer it, it, they, they, it's so counterintuitive. If they made the payout structures flatter, they'd get more entries and it would build, it would grow. But they try to, they do all these short-term things. Of uh, We got to make sure that first place is 10K, even if 10th place is $200. Right? They got, they do all the, they, they, and they, they get a short-term boost, but those people go broke too quickly playing like that. So even like the 333, the highest, like I, sometimes I don't play that. I didn't play it last week. I'm not playing it this week. Kind of the 200 plus dollar contest or the 180 plus dollar contest. They'll make it, they'll make it like 5K to first and $500 to fifth. I'm like, this is, this is, this is stupid. Like, like I have to, like, I, I let me take a look at exactly what it is. Because normally I would play that contest that typically, Typically, I play the I typically play like four GPP lineups. I play a cash, primarily play cash games and cash lineup, and then I play five, six, depending. I'll play the large field stuff also, and I'll throw that in. But like the EPL one, like okay, the treble, right? The three thirty three, ten k to first hundred man, which sounds good, right? But like ten k is is a thirty three percent of the prize pool. The prize pool is thirty thousand dollars. The payout structure is 10K to first, 5K to second, 2,500 to third. Okay. Like eighth place is $800. Like ninth place is 600 bucks. It's, it's not even double your money. Ninth place. Nin- 91st percentile. Like you have to come into t- 22nd, 15th to 22nd is 500 bucks. There's not even double your money. One and a half X for an 85th percentile. So like that, I look at that and I go, why am I playing this? I'd rather this be I'd rather this be 5k to first and then spread it out. Or 6k, do 6k, 4k, 3k, 2k, 1500, 1800, 6 like something like that. Rather than need to have 10k to first. And then it then you could play what three entries into it like why the hell would you want to do that? So no, yeah, I agree with you. You have to go week to week. Maybe the for the first Champions League week First and second Champions League week coming up, uh, you know, in September. Those should be good. Probably. Probably. I don't know. They should. I don't know. You could obviously play those contests with the high payout trucks. You just understand your swings are going to be much bigger. Right? 
You, you got to play even more for first, even though it's a hundred man contest. So what, how much more for first can you play, play with? Okie doke. So, uh, so yeah, covered the MMA slate. Taught, taught, you, taught you some lessons. Hit that thumbs up button. You know, I like that. Hit the subscribe button. If you're not subscribed already, hit the notification bell to always know when we go live here on the channel, such as later today, 5 p.m., Grinders Live. They'll be going over the, four, it's at the 14 game, right? 14, 13 game MLB slate tonight on DraftKings, as well as FanDuel. And we have to thank FanDuel for sponsoring the uh, for Crunch Time all season long. So that's free to you, right? Typically it's premium. Kevin Roth will break down the weather. Uh, you'll get all the expert opinions and ask your questions all you want. Your 2v2s, your 1v1s, the what stacks to play, who's the best pitcher, and all of that crap later on today. And uh, and uh, hopefully uh, you do well in MMA tomorrow, If you, as long as you're not in my contest, right? If we're going to dupe, I hope I dupe with you, right? Like that, I think that that's the better way to put it. I don't want to dupe. I don't, don't dupe me, bro. But if we dupe, I hope it's one of you. Uh, so uh, so I'll see you back on Monday answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>